Hello, and welcome back to Shit Moms Talk About. I'm your host, Jess. I'm coming to you today with this special bonus episode because today is my 10-year cancerversary. Yay! Um, and I want to remind all you women out there to make sure you get checked regularly, get your annual pap smear, um, ignore the five-year bullshit that these insurance companies are trying to pull, um, get it done every year. If I hadn't had my annual pap done yearly, I wouldn't be here today. So I'm going to tell you that story um, as to how how I beat cancer. Um, so in February of 2011, I had gone for my annual appointment, got checked, la 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 la, all the fun stuff, you know, check the undercarriage, make sure everything's all fine and dandy down there, and I've never had any issues before. So um, at the time, I was working for a tour operator, and I was traveling a lot. So it was only a couple days after my appointment, I left for Italy. And I was in Italy for two weeks, and back then, um, this was before I had an iPhone, I still had a cheap little flip phone, I didn't have any data, I couldn't make any phone calls out of the country with it. Um, the only way anybody could communicate with me was if they contacted the hotel that I was at, and the hotel may have changed nightly, depending on where I was in Italy, um, or to email me and hope that I had some internet access at the hotel that I was at. Um, so I didn't, I pretty much told everybody where I'd be. This is how you could get in contact with me. Um, but I'm not going to be checking my email unless, you know, I feel like there's a real, a real reason to check my email because back then you also had to pay for, um, for your, your internet time. And I wasn't making a lot of money, so I didn't want to pay for internet time if it wasn't necessary. So fast forward, I fly home, I land in Boston and I turn on my phone and my phone is full of messages, voicemail messages. And I'm like, what is going on here? So I check my messages, one's from my husband saying, you need to call your doctor right now. She's been trying to get in contact with you. There, something's not right. She needs to talk to you. And then the next message was from my doctor. You need to call me right now. I need to talk to you. I can't tell you why over the phone, but I will explain when, when we talk. So I probably had about four or five messages from the both of them. So I call my husband. I'm like, what is going on? And he tells me, he's like, uh, she can't tell me, uh, because I'm not the patient, but you she says it's pretty urgent and you need to you need to contact her. So I'm sitting on the plane. I was in the back of the plane, so I'm like, well, what else am I gonna do? I'm sitting in the back of the plane, I might as well, you know, make this phone call while I wait to get a disembark. And so I make the phone call and she's like, Well, I can't give you the official diagnosis because I I can't remember the exact words that she used. Um, she's not qualified or she, she's a nurse practitioner. She's an awesome doctor. Um, 
she knew what was going on almost immediately, but she is not an oncologist, so she can't give the exact diagnosis. So she said, you need to, we're making you an appointment with this fantastic OB. He's a, he specializes in oncology and we're going to, you know, get to the bottom of this. So by the time I got home from Boston, I landed in Boston, I think it was probably around 9 a.m. Um, our time after flying all night from Italy. Um, by 3 o'clock that afternoon, I had already had a phone call directly from the OB, which never happens. It's, you always just get a phone call from, from um, like their secretary or whoever's working the front desk. So I had gotten the phone call from directly from him and he's like so listen you have cancer I'm like what he's like we have to do the biopsy to be 100% sure I don't want you to freak out about it right now but I'm gonna have you come in next week we're gonna do the biopsy and we're gonna get everything situated and hopefully we can beat this so the next week I go, I get the biopsy done. And he tells me, he's like, all right, so you, it is hundred percent. You do have cancer and this is what it is. It is adenoidal carcinoma in situ stage four. I hear stage four and I'm like, shit, man, this is bad news. So I had gone a year. It had only been a year since my last pap smear that had come back normal. There were no signs of anything abnormal to having full-blown stage four adenoidal carcinoma inside two. If I hadn't gone to that appointment, if I had blown it off, or if they had put in place the five-year recommendation at that point, I wouldn't be here today. The type of cancer I had was is rare they didn't know much about it at the time they didn't know if it was related to hpv they didn't know if it was genetic they didn't know i still don't know if they they have that much information on it um they did hpv testing it came back negative so i didn't have any antibodies in my system i mean i've been with my husband since 1998 um and they didn't have really much information besides we're going to try surgery. That's our first step. Um, with this type of cancer, it goes from the cervix and it spreads to the adenoids. And once it spreads to the adenoids, it's free reign to spread anywhere else in your body. So I'm freaking out. My husband's freaking out. My family's freaking out. It's like, <laughs> and this all happens within like a span of like three weeks. Like they were on point. I have to give it to my team of doctors. They were amazing. They kicked ass and they helped me kick this cancer's ass. So they tell me, okay, these, these are your options. We can do a cold knife cone biopsy or we can do a warm knife cone biopsy, which basically what they do is they take, with the cold knife, they take a scalpel and they cut out a cone-shaped part of the cervix. Lovely, isn't it? Um, so they decided that route, if they do the warm knife, they use a cauterizer and they cauterize it as their, they use like a loop cauterizer. And, um, so 
March 4th, 2011, I go in for surgery. And again, great team there. Um, my oncologist is amazing. He now um, runs a women's treatment facility in New Mexico for, um, for women out there who are um, in the, um, uh, I can't even think of the word. He, he, he helps people out there. <laughs> he started his own facility out there to help women um, maintain good sexual health. Um, but yeah, he's amazing. Um, I wish I could have kept him as a doctor, but after five years of having clean checks, he said I no longer needed to see him, which was fantastic. But so back to the, um, March 4th, I go in, I have my cold knife cone biopsy. They take almost all of my cervix. Um, they tell me, you may or may not be able to get pregnant if you want to. It's a 50% chance you'll be able to get pregnant very easily. It's a 50% chance you will have a very difficult time, all depending on how you heal. We're going to test and make sure that we got all of the cancer, and we will let you know as soon as we have the results in. Thankfully, when they called me back, the results were good. They had gotten all of the cancer, and... I was cancer free. I feel that I got off easy. I know a lot of people probably don't get off as easy as as I did um, with just having to have surgery. I I feel very fortunate that that's all I needed at the time. Um, My doctor still believes that I should get a full hysterectomy just to be safe. Not quite ready for an abrupt menopause. I already feel crazy half the time as it is, so not quite ready for that yet. But we'll we'll see how I feel in a, in a few years. So it has been ten years since I have was have had cancer. The reason I wanted to discuss this is because I want to emphasize how important it is to get those annual checkups. Cervical cancer is one of those silent killers. You will never know that you have it until it's too late. There are no symptoms. The symptoms that you have are when it's too late, when it's already spread. It's one of those things that so easily can be detected, but can so easily be missed if you're just not taking care of yourself. And it's important to take care of you. Go to your doctor if you have any concerns. You know, voice those concerns. Don't be afraid to ask your doctor any questions. I guarantee you they have seen more and heard more than you can imagine. Um, I have nurse friends that tell me some crazy stories. So I... I've gotten over that fear pretty quick and having an awesome doctor um, helped me get over that pretty quick too. I have no fears about telling her anything, asking her any questions. She, you know, she doesn't judge. She tells the facts. She is great. She's accepting that I like to try more natural treatments than um, using medications. She's all cool with that. So don't be afraid to talk to your doctor. And if you have any concerns, you know, voice those concerns. 
if, you know, abnormal pap smear results run in your family, go get checked. It, you don't want to wait until it's too late. Uh, you know, and that's what scared me is they didn't know because apparently this form of cancer, it starts from the inside of the cervix. So that's why they had to remove so much of it is because they had to go in there and cut most of that out. And, you know, luckily they got it on the first try because, you know, it wasn't a long recovery. I was, you know, just hanging out for about a week, but it wasn't a pleasant recovery <laughs> by all means. Um, basically, you just, you just bleed until you stop bleeding and you clot. And that's, it's no fun. It's really no fun. Um, but luckily, I was able to get pregnant fairly easily. Uh, unfortunately, we discovered that my cervix no longer does dilate. So when I went into labor, I had severe preeclampsia that kind of popped up real quick. Um, doctors were afraid I was going to have a stroke. So they were trying to push along the, the labor and use progesterone and all that fun stuff to try to get me to dilate. And there was no dilating happening. And come to find out, there's a lot of scar tissue down there. So yeah, that thing ain't, that's, it's not stretching. It's not constricting. It's not, it's just there now. Um, for lack of a better term. Um, so I did have to have a C-section, which I was scared to death to have. I did not want to have a C-section. I worked way too hard on keeping my abs the way they were. I was very proud of my abs and I'm, I thought that it would, you know, destroy my chances of ever getting nice abs again, but it didn't. So if I do happen to have another kid, which I do not plan to, um, it's C-section all the way. But again, get checked. Go to your annual appointment. If your doctor's telling you you don't need an annual appointment and you fear that it's not going to be in your best interest, voice that concern. Tell your doctor. Say, hey, no, we're doing this yearly. Um, I don't care what the insurance companies are saying. We're going to we're gonna make sure I'm healthy. Because you need to stand up for yourself. Um, insurance companies aren't going to stand up for you. They're all about the money. And that's pretty much it. Like, they don't, they're not there to help you. So, with that being said... Happy 10-year anniversary to me. And I hope all of you stay healthy and safe and get your annual checkups. Um, I don't want to see any of my friends going through what I went through. It was more emotionally traumatic than physically. But those emotional scars stick with you forever. Physical scars fade over time. So you know, take care of yourself. I want to see you all happy and healthy and I'll be talking to you soon.